0: You have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com/slash host. For Steph Wilson, the body is such a vast universe of paradoxes that will never get old. Traversing the space between fine art and fashion, Steph cherishes humor and joy while exploring the possibilities of our bodies. She is interested in the edges, the awkward, uncomfortable, ugly, shameful and challenging and takes these elements to assert new modes of beauty and being. What I admire so much about Steph is her fierce insistence to push forward and experiment and rework the boundaries of the medium while also being acutely aware of her emotional state and that of her collaborators.
1: The whole kind of point of the self-portraits was fun and exp- exploratory stuff you know I-, I wanted to see where my boundaries are with what actually made me uncomfortable.
0: I'm Jen Fletcher and this is The Messy Truth Conversations on Photography. London-based photographer Steph Wilson uses her work to challenge beauty norms and the pressures placed upon women's bodies. Shooting commercial, editorial and personal work her expansive practice has manifested into work for Gucci, Versace, Nike, Dazed and Confused and Vogue Italia. Here you find us jumping right in, talking about how she started out in painting and how that went on to inform her photography.
1: I fled off to Liverpool with my then partner who lived there and and just painted and painted, but I never did the Chelsea or Slade or or Goldsmiths fine art route, which is what you have to do to be, you know, legit as such. So my point is what I'm getting at is like, I feel like there's the notion of a slight a bit of a sellout a kind of compromise to an extent and I think it really lays it lends itself to the fact that I think I'm quite um not maybe lazy but impatient and I think with painting I, I it's like again it's that it's like investing too much of your like it's such an emotional personal thing painting it's such like a direct physical like tangible purge of yourself whereas I feel like photography has the safety net of like there being a contraption kind of translating it for you or there's some, some distance generated and it's easier to and I think with something like fashion to to create that distance is kind of essential of like retaining some sense of sanity otherwise you just take everything so to heart and so badly whereas with painting I was like I don't know if I can give that away if I can like commodify it something so pure and I know I have a, like friends who are writers a friend is a writer and she's only just started writing you know but it's, it's always been her like I love you know it's like I mm. love her lover. and it's like you don't want to don't want to taint it with the real the harsh realities of criticism and and someone taking that purity away from it by I don't know so I think it's like I love photography I, I absolutely love it and I feel like it should be seen as an art form and I think it is all of these things but it it's just not painting to me um mm-hmm. and I think I I think keeping it that way keeps them both sacred in their own right I guess photography is like the the therapy to not painting and the reason I don't paint is because I don't know the intention was to always paint and to just do it because I was I've always been of the mind of just just do it and just make it and just do it and things will happen if they're going to happen and But coming to London after my, I'd just broken up with my partner and then my dad was diagnosed with cancer with two months to live and it was all very up in the air, like nothing was solid anymore in any respect. And the the idea of then just deciding to be a prolific painter in London when he had rent to pay, it just seemed so unreachably fast and far away. So um, photography was kind of, and it was always a part of the creative Chain as such, because I take photographs to paint from. So it was just mm-hmm. cutting that chain shorter, and and you know. um And I think it suits me as maybe a person more anyway, just the kind of uh, it's just, I don't know, how do you say it more artfully than it's just a bit quicker? <laughs> how do you make it sound arty? And it's good? about <laughs> the
0: process, though, isn't it? Right? The process of it is completely different.
1: Well, the process is different, but then saying that, which is funny, because if I was actually, if I lent on that entirely, is I was down to I mean I'm not it's not all down to what's quickest because otherwise I shoot digitally I don't I shoot 120 mil and I'm very like I'm not super purist about it some people are so purist that they get like they like look down the noses at people that don't shoot that way and I've had photographers that look down the noses at at me and you know no names but you know being like who the hell do you think you are saying I'm not a real photographer because I don't hand print myself I work with Sarah England who's my best friend and a much better hand printer than I am. She does it under direction, but some people see that as like, oh, mm. and you're like, who are you? But, um, but then, you know, the process of hand printing and, and shooting on film is long. So it's like, I've sped it up, but then I've slowed it back down again and found some kind of middle ground of, because, you know, you could, you could argue that hand printing in the dark room is like Harley literally did with her work mm. with, with fluids and, and, and light refracting and, and bleeding and, you're painting with light and such um so there's a kind of middle ground in there i, d- I would never be able to purely be a, like a digital photographer i find like it so sterile and and um like clinical it kind of never feels like your own when it's digital it always feels like they just exist like floating around somewhere you know in the cloud
0: i'm curious of many things about you i feel like there's a lot i don't know about you even though i followed your work for a long time
1: I feel like the whole world knows too much about me based on me just constantly filming my dogs.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we know a lot about your animals. We know a lot about your zoo. Yeah. But I don't know I don't know that much about you. Like I'm con- I'm really interested if your sort of ideology and creative approach to painting informs your photography.
1: I think it does whether I think about it or not. I you know, I think it it'll have to. I think mainly in color. Yeah. Yeah, I used to have like a weird kind of very sexual relationship with like oil paint in the way that I you know when you're a teenage kid and you imagine like fucking your art teacher in the art cupboard smothered in your red oil paint (laughs) and uh I mean yeah and then and uh, my mum's a nurse and so I was always it was always very like pragmatic approach to bodies and so I was always obsessed with blood and like just the kind of I think I was obsessed with blood and the body, but I was also obsessed with the uh, the reactions that it would gauge from people at school just being, like, so nonchalant about periods and, and weird body stuff and everyone being like... Eh. And it was, like, you know, I'm just one of those people, I think, that find that kind of thing funny, that there's such, like, a strong reaction to, like, the most literal mundane basic daily shit, literal shit yeah (laughs) and uh anyway so I think and so I you know when it comes to like paint and paint just feels like a clean sanitized version of like body fluid in a sense like I I paint with a lot of reds and um, whites and uh just very high pigmented jewel kind of tones and you know my my birds match my paintings my plants match my birds and then you know etc etc cetera. um, so I think with photography even though bizarrely my favorite favorite ever photographs that aren't mine have oh, a black and white you know like Chris Killip's in flagrante work is like I've just literally referenced it like a hundred times today about something and like all of all of the the ephemeral kind of not necessarily street photography but like inverted commas real life photography as opposed to curated fashion stuff is all my favorite work so it's like the complete antithesis of the stuff I make yeah um but I think I think I'm also a massive big round control freak like a big control freak so when it comes to like creating and curating and and staging um situations it definitely tickles that one but then I don't know I don't know
0: tell me more about your control freakness is that about sort of cultivating your own sort of visual world and having a tight hold on that.
1: Basically, after my father died, it lifted hugely. So, you know, sort of give that to a psychoanalysis to sink their teeth into. But the blanket of anxiety and stuff would just uh, dictate my, like, daily, every single, like, micro decision. And so I guess the control thing comes from just trying to hone my, like, agency in a situation, I guess. And just have agency over my life. Um, mm. and I'm feeling like that's very you know very gladly that's going away, thanks to therapy and being on the right medication and I honestly don't even think about it anymore, like only when I talk about past stuff does it come up, but I think it has informed the way I live and the way I work, and it's like I think it's like creating a controlled sense of um i mean what's the opposite of control? You chaos? Tell me. yeah chaos but in like a or maybe it's
0: more about not caring
1: just like a freedom mm-hmm. and of being I guess which is something I very rarely got to experience for like 10 years and so I think it's like because I, like, I think recently and especially over lockdown with the self-portraits I did um which were funny and um even though that time felt like such a loss of you know, like it was really taken away that time. You know, going from twenty seven, twenty eight to thirty, suddenly felt like very much like those two years of my my last two years in my twenties were really taken from me. I'm so sure everyone else felt the same, but kind of honing an aesthetic that felt aligned to the level of painterly kind of composure and and um, this is like sort of having having an image that's quite themed by something quite deliberate but also making it feel quite ephemeral and escapist and believable. I think there's like a lot in a lot. I mean, the reason why generally I'm not bothered about fashion photography as a whole as aesthetically, like I don't have fashion. I never had fashion posters on my wall. I never had fashion magazines, like tear outs on my wall, nothing like that. It was, it was always like artwork and art photography. Um, I just think it, cause if it feels super, it's like why I hate CGI, I hate CGI in films because you're like, yeah, but it's just not real didn't Mm. happen yeah it's like a lot in it. just something feels very inorganic and and uh, like you're being tricked and it's like well I'm not that stupid I know it's a trick you're not kidding me you're not fooling me (laughs) and it's like with fashion photography it's like well you're not fooling me this is a like a lot of posts this is a lot of this is like 17 like 17 like white male editors like faffing around about you know x y and z and it all just feels a bit convoluted and annoying um so to try and get, and I think actually this plays into why I'm not photographing huge, huge commercial campaigns because I think I very consciously try to stop my work looking super commercial because super commercial equals, you know, contained and controlled and relatively mm-hmm. generic and and contrived. And so I think it's like trying to find that balance of like, like I've always said, it's like that we're doing a photo shoot or whatever and the, the, the models are just there regardless of whether we're there or not like it's a world or a universe that's being created th- that we just have we happen to fall into that's the kind of you know or like when I did my self-portraits it was the first ones were very stylized and and like kind of self-aware and whatever and I was speaking to Alice about it and she made a point of like the best self-portraits in her mind, or when you let go and you just don't give a shit, and mm. it's like you're not worried about being ugly and you're, you know, whatever. And and I hated the idea that in those self-portraits I was in any way trying to be seen as like hot or, or attractive because I was like mm-hmm. it cringed me out so much that people thought I was like doing these sexy. I had someone's sister send me a photo of like a naked girl on a horseback doing a self-portrait, being like, "It's really reminded me of your work." And I was like, "No." <laughs> please <laughs> um I think that's when the Ask candle came out
0: yeah how but, uh... did I was gonna say how did the ask candle come out no how did how did that
1: body of work start um it started when so everyone was doing self-portraits in like the first lockdown but they all seemed to be very um morose and like hand on a hand on a frosted window looking out while their partner slept in bed in the same room <laughs> it with a un, you know with a crumpled duvet that looked like it hadn't been washed because you know why do we bother washing our duvets when no one's going to see them <laughs> well you've just taken a photo and submitted it today so that answers that question but um like and I was just very like don't want to be you know and then again I was talking to Harley about it and then Harley made a nice point be like well you know it's it's also still a movement it's still something that's happening and maybe being kind of a part of that part of that zeitgeist is kind of an interesting thing and it made me think well yeah I mean art movements happen and uh you know fashion trends happen and this is this is a, like a microcosmic little world shift which is maybe quite an interesting thing and I was like you know what I'm cutting my nose to spite my face here I should just I have this gorgeous house with my studio here with access to all my gear I have my boyfriend that can help me with stuff you know it's like it just it was it seemed really silly to just just can't, Discount it based on some weird something niggling me about, you know. But then I was like, "What well, if I'm going to do it? It it's not going to be somber and and static and flat and boring or whatever. It's I'm, I'll just make you know turn myself into a bit of a like a playground, I guess. And like use use I use my I, the intention was to use my body as a kind of prop. Um. And then I found out that I found it weirdly annoying that because I conformed to like a societal standard of what like you know like a slim blonde young woman I was like actually it's quite funny to try and subvert that and to try and like uglify myself because it really annoyed me that people would think that I was just trying to take sexy like sexy mm. sexy selfies amongst the cacti and I was like no <laughs> that's <is> so awful <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so then I started thinking about how to just be gross Um, or just funny, like it really pisses me off how like, like women in, in, in art and photography, I mean, there are obviously cases and, you know, there are definitely, they're out there, but generally the visual language surrounding women's bodies are of like very specific, limited tropes of like, you're being, uh, you know, it's very elegance or, uh, softness or uh, and actually interestingly the one I find the most annoying is empowerment like mm-hmm. she's a hero she's a you know she's she's you know empowering her and I was speaking with a um uh, a birth coach recently for the book I'm making about the the uh problems and and like the what am I trying to say the dangers basically of stereotyping like black women it's like the strong black woman and like the empowered black woman and how it actually roots from like a really fucked up past of like i mean i won't get into it it's probably quite triggering but for all sorts of reasons the sources of gynecology and how that was founded on black slave women and and that's why women are seen as like the strong because they just put oh, you know it's just a nightmare mm. but there's, a, there's this whole historic significance to these tropes that we we herald as like hashtag strong woman like you know whatever or, or like you're a hero for surviving cancer, or you're a hero for having triplets and you're like no fucking not my body's mm. doing its job you know, I'm I'm doing this because it's being done to me, mm-hmm. and so I I, f- I feel like with imagery of women and well non men basically non cis white men in art, there's it's like how come Jürgen Teller gets to like get his arsehole out and shit on a piano or something? I want to be able to do that without <laughs> without never working again. You know, it's like how come men allowed like given such allowances for being fucking weird and like you know, I mean they've been given allowances of far more than being fucking weird but you know with all, all yeah. sorts of me too stuff and blah, 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 blah. but um i feel like we're just so we're so short-changed with what we're like allowed how we're allowed to be perceived and it's like yeah. i want to be an ugly gross freak and make you <laughs> feel sick <laughs> because because that was ne- that we've never been allowed to do that and been, you know, credited as oh I get to see the artistry in it before it would have just been like lock her up Put her burn away. her burn her now um but yeah so that's kind of where the where it was angling and then and then obviously lockdown lifted things got busier and I the whole kind of point of the self portraits was fun and ex- exploratory stuff you know I I wanted to see where my boundaries are with what actually made me uncomfortable like you know, what what could I do that I thought, you know what? Actually I don't want my twenty five year old brother to see this of me. But I was like, you know what? Don't know yet. I don't think there is anything. You've seen it all. Is <laughs> <laughs> it just I don't know, I think the body is such a funny thing. Like our bodies are so like they're propped up as these like magnificent or Like, judged, and I don't know. There's just so I'm like, this is their bodies are really funny and like a bit silly and gross. And we've all got them, and no one's like, there's no, they're just such weird little funny things. And I don't know. And like, what's scary about them? Bodies are, are so scary to so many people, whether it's their own bodies and what they could turn into or what they've become or like what they represent or what they could like. God, God forbid what a woman's body could actually do, and like how that's meant, how that's you know so controlled and manipulated and like I'm reading this fascinating fascinating book by Jacqueline Rose um on uh, essays on the cruelty of motherhood about how and it really fascinates me the kind of the kind of hatred that women's bodies receive from men in, in the way that they get, you know, abortion laws and and, mm. and what we we are and aren't allowed to do with them and how we how if we can, you know, commodify them in our, under our own age, all that kind of stuff. Mm. And it's how like And it's ultimately that the fact that we, the the one that the thing that we can do of of giving life, like you know, in in the way it's like godlike, and it's like that men can't facilitate that, you know, cisgendered men can't facilitate birth and the creation of life, and it gets their goat so much that they cannot do this thing, and so we're going to control the shit out of it, and we're going to tell them how they how they navigate it, and we're going to give them allowances of what they can do with that magical body that we find, you know, kind of terrifying and 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 that and that they came out of, you know. Mm. And it's like, I don't know, it's funny. So to, to kind of subvert that and to be like, you know, I want to turn my body into this gross thing that you're meant to want to shag. Mm. But I bet you don't now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know? That work is so interesting. What did it feel like to you to actually be in front of the camera though? Like emotionally, what did that demand of you? Because I know you're a bold person. But it still takes quite a lot of vulnerability to do some of the things you did.
1: No, I no? found it really, I found it like a turn on. <laughs> like, I found it really arousing. Like, I loved it. And it, I, and if I, did, if I, by the way, if I didn't love it and I did feel vulnerable and if it wasn't something enjoyable, there's no way I would have done any more. Like, I did it because I felt like great. Like, I felt weirdly so aroused, making myself like gross.
0: <laughs> that is brilliant.
1: And uh, I mean, It's annoying because I feel like there's only a couple of shots that really touch on it. Like, I feel like the majority of the shot, by the way, it was all towards a book. And the the aim was to, you know, collaborate with people, which some went slightly wrong and uh, some went very well. And then it got to the point where I was like, I actually don't know how long this is going to take. And I don't want to add parameters on it. And I literally might publish it when I'm like 80 and I've done weird self portraits throughout my whole life, which would be amazing. Um, but I just wanted to get them out there in the world. But the ones that were published, I don't know. I'm I'm kind of not. I mean, they, I, individually, I think they're some of the pictures I like. But as as a collection, I'm very like un un fulfilled by the fact that it doesn't quite like get across what I've just talked about as much as I would. Like so some of them are just too fantasy and too pretty because at the time that was kind of just the, the the point of them at the time was the making of them and the doing of them and the like stimulation of just painting myself silver and walking around butt naked in Dulwich Park amongst the rhododendrons because you know why not when you're in lockdown but <laughs> now I'm like no 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 now, now if I could do them again I'd start from scratch and really try and get to the get to the nitty gritty of like what it was that made me feel too uncomfortable to to publish as an image
0: it's exciting to think where they might go
1: yeah i do at the same time i don't feel i i'm i'm definitely giving it a hiatus because there's more important shit to shoot basically there's just mm-hmm. more important stuff to say um and uh yeah i'm i'm much more engaged in the project of of birth and pregnancy and i'm finding I mean I'm so just at the very very beginning of it and I'm you know enjoying navigating like which is the best route to take and which is the best source of consultation and 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 advice because it's you know who who am I some like non-mother who's some 30-year-old privileged white girl to just barge in and like you know interrogate themes of pregnancy with race and gender that you know so it's like I I'm, I'm gonna try and I'm doing my research and speaking to a lot of people and going to take guidance with it and, and try and approach it from a very sensitive and like not only way, you know? um, But then saying that it it is kind of, I'm finding it personally does relate to me because it's like, I'm at the age now where my friends are considering having kids and are already having children. And it's like for my entire life, I've been so set on, a given that I'll be a mother my mother was a child's nurse you know I've always had tiny creatures that I've nurtured and my Pomeranians and literally the amount of times I've wanted to suckle flower <laughs> you know it, it's problematic but the uh for doing this and really learning about how much is just it doesn't it's not even like unknown but like we're not supposed to know about the whole concept of motherhood and like where all these really fucked up stereotypes, like or, like the origins of them from like Greek tragedies and mythology, that just bled through into like our systemic sort of sexism, and and it's just fascinating. And it's like, so it's really it's it's beginning to really make me suss out the uh the, the pros and the cons of the whole thing. And um, yeah, I feel like that is is like some is a is a project that's much more apt and relevant and necessary i'm gonna basically quit. i'm a, I'm a bit of an exit all my eggs in one basket kind of kind of gal you know it's like if i'm going to really focus on something i'm going to become like obsessed with it for however long it takes to like poop out like a product of that session
0: i don't think this about all topics but i think it's actually really important for people who are interested or intrigued by pregnancy or birth or having children or parenthood to to explore stuff like this before? I think think
1: so. I think it should be critical learning before. I mean, it definitely
0: should just from a practical level, but I just mean from an artistic perspective, there's just no dialogue around this anyway. So any any take on it is super valid because I can tell you it's such a Mm. cliche, Mm. but there is nothing that can prepare you for the reality of what it is. There is nothing, nothing, and no matter... How much you know? You have honest—I'm air mm. quoting—conversations with people you know who've done it. They don't tell you, and I can tell you as someone who's got a kid, the people who have kids have secret conversations amongst themselves, mm. and that—that that is often the only safe space where they feel like they can say all the shit they want to get off their it's, chest.
1: Because it's shameful, right, to be pregnant or a mother and to be like, "This is kind of shit." Sometimes I
0: don't—I don't think for me it's not shameful. To okay. me, it's like the fucking hardest thing you'll ever do in your life. Mm. And there's mm. n- and like when you say, oh, it's fucking hard, we all have hard experiences, right? Mm. But this is hard in a way that I have found that losing somebody isn't hard, that, you know, an impossible nightmare job isn't hard, like mm. really hard things are not as hard as this. Mm. And I think it, that's why it, it's one of the things that radically changes your feminism overnight. Because yeah. you realize that all of that shit that you thought was biased before about women's bodies, about how you could be in the world, like when you're when you're a mother, it's like, fuck me, everything is against us. Mm. And that's that's me saying this as just, you know, a queer white woman. So yeah. it's just it's it's fucking wild. And so I think all these perspectives are so interesting. You know, that Maggie Shannon, it's like a completely different realm, but Maggie Shannon did that project about uh people giving birth in the pandemic and she hasn't had kids and but I think one of the reasons why that work is so good is because she's coming to it and she sees things that I don't think you'd see as someone who's been through it she sort of mm. manages to extract these different moments that say something completely yeah. different so I think it's so valid what you're okay. doing okay well that's
1: promising then because there there is a sort of imposter feeling of treading on ground that it's not mine to tread on, but then it is because I'm probably going to be a mother in a few years. So it's like, you know, like, it's like excavating the truths, but to then kind of like take them head on when I meet them. But like with this, like ask sort of, you know, like I'm ready for it in a sense. Not I will never be, as you say, you can never ready yourself for it, but I'd rather like be aware of what to look out for. And like speaking to, you know, doulas and, and things, um And it's you know I didn't realize there are now death doulas to coach people through. I mean apparently there always has been. It's just for me it's new. um Death doulas and and you think like we're so sterilized West, mm-hmm. as a Western society. And I think mm-hmm. you know art you, you just, you know, we photography related as well. I mean that's what the podcast is about. But um everything's quite sterile and and uh, no one's scared. Everyone's scared to be. Um, messy or uh I don't know or uh, there's it's such a rose tinted bullshit thing to navigate and the, I didn't even realize to the extent until like I've got a few friends now that are pregnant one of which is sort of just considers being pregnant as a condition like she's like I just feel like you know speaking to this birth coach I was with and they were saying Preg- it felt like it was being done to me and mm. this apparently is an incredibly common thing but Men, men—you know—people who are sort of in charge and get to dictate what's what's correct and what's not—and you know, by, by consumerism and all sorts of other stuff—it's like they don't want to know that. It's like, it's like they did this to us, but they don't want to know the, they don't want to know the kind of aftermath of of actually how crappy it is. And it's like, I feel like, I feel like next time someone says to me, like, "So I'm pregnant, I'm having a baby," I feel like I'm going to be like, "Oh, are you okay?" <laughs> That's what I say to people. <laughs> are you okay? Time. Because it sounds like the most insane thing you'll ever have to go through. And it's in like no time. And, you know, speaking, as was photography wise, it's kind of convenient as far as deadlines to make this book happen and to find subjects. And there's no dilly dallying. If, if I'm going to have to, if I find someone that was, is, is a brilliant subject for the photograph, for the, for the book, it's like I, I have very limited time before that pregnancy is gone. And it's so yeah. it might make it great for me, <laughs> but, um, yeah I think it's going to be fascinating because I, I actually um because we, you were with Riposte. yeah of course you were with with uh, yeah, Danielle yeah. when when you guys commissioned me to do the cover I love those um, and one of my favorite pictures and actually it was that that was the catalyst to what I'm doing now, but it was it had a few years of rest as such because it was like uh it was quite, it was quite spontaneous um I think and I wasn't expecting was what what was the theme of the mag what was that themes of the magazine was it motherhood?
0: no I don't think it was it was
1: something broader than that because that's why Gro- uh, relationships or connection or it was something because yeah. I remember there was yeah, a lovely yeah. cover of people kissing and um yeah and it was like okay yeah pregnant belly let's go and I cast a few women of which all of course were you know middle class white attractive and slim and it's just that's a whole other conversation so you put a casting call out for pregnant mothers looking to subvert some cliches and you get like about 13 stylists that are around age 36 who are comfortable with posing nude and you're like well yes of course you are of course you are (laughs) yeah um you know it's uh, that's a big part of what the book's going to be about how it's like um how, how it's like uh I can't talk it's like snake eating its own he- tail basically of like you have women coming forward who are happy to be nude and happy to be pregnant because they're white and the society has told them you know we love to listen to you and we want to see you and then we see them and then the old women that don't like that think that they don't want to be seen and so they don't come forward and it was like ah so casting is a nightmare but um especially because my echo chamber on instagram but um yeah and so i did those photographs of pregnant bellies quite tight crops I think I did the crops without actually consciously realizing that I, cause I didn't want it to be about the kind of cliched white pregnant woman. Mm. So by being almost abstract in proximity, it was like making it much more about the form. I didn't actually consider it then, but that must've been a reason. And it was such a beautiful, lovely thing to, to photograph. Cause it was like, you're in a room with a stranger and they're naked and you could start you know they you'd argue that they're a stranger to themselves because they have this alien body that they've just been you know it's just happened to them so they're getting to know themselves almost as you're getting to know them and it's like you know you make all these all these different kind of analogies of their spaces are kind of like by that point when the the nine month stage like they've nested and these sort of spaces are baby readied and it's very like nesty and womb-like and intimate and um and then just to be allowed into that space was a really like precious thing that I really enjoyed. And it's almost like, like I touched on it in an interview with another, it's like photog- my friend Renee in, in um, Mexico was saying when she, she has her photo taken, she feels very guarded and, and awkward and doesn't know what to do with her body. But when she was completely naked and I was taking her photograph, she was like, oh, I can just be myself. I feel no mm. like tension in my body. I'm and it's like, I feel like it's like when you're so exposed and so vulnerable, it's like a, you just give in and it's like you yeah. just allow. And it's like you've got nothing to kind of hide in a sense. And you're just like, well, fuck it. I'm naked now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, it's, I'm bad. You know, it's it's all out. Um, to, to build
0: on that and also just go ba- go back to what we were just talking about related, because I hate I'd hate to send the wrong message, but. So I had an amazing pregnancy and an amazing birth. Like what I think is hard Mm. is being being a mother. Like the the work of motherhood, I think is what's hard. And I know a lot of people have very traumatic pregnancies.
1: Yeah, very so diverse, right?
0: So it is really diverse for sure. Each to their
1: own. It's actually shocking how diverse it is and how we. But there's this. We have one story, of which if you don't align to, like it's a bit. hmm.
0: But this is exactly why women struggle because you're told this story of the hard bit is that journey, that initial journey of mm. like a year mm. and then that culminates yeah. in this one birth moment, however that manifests and nobody talks about afterwards and it's afterwards yeah. that actually is the is the thing. But to go back to those images, like I felt like I was godlike when I was pregnant and I know that sounds weird and I'm not particularly I think self- weird. No. confident person but it does something it did something for mm. me that i was like i am growing a fucking human mm. what is more insane Literally. and powerful yeah. than that yeah. and that it made you have it it made me feel like unself conscious in a way that i had never felt in my really? entire life
1: wow. yeah and
0: that that really came to me with those pictures you did for us because oh, there was something about nice. that, that that really radiated that so it's nice to hear that The person you photographed felt like that because it it really did capture that moment
1: for me. That's so nice. Oh no, the women I photographed were definitely very um, contented and celebratory of their pregnancies, and I think it. I I wouldn't want to create any work in a book that was again just aligned to one story of like all the women that hate being pregnant. I think that would be one of the most depressing books of all time. Yeah. (laughs) Um, No, it needs to just touch on everyone. Everything you know, I want to do animals. I want to do, I would love to do a birth photograph of a Pomeranian giving birth. That's gonna oh be God. like the ultimate one. So, you know, will I will be in touch with all the pom breeders. No doubt, I'll come home with like six in my bag.
0: Yes, <laughs> um,
1: little like party bag gifts at the end of the launch. Just get a pom. Um, amazing. but yeah, and I think it just needs to be, t- it just needs to annihilate the whole preconception of all preconceptions and just be like we 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 birth we shit we eat we fuck. Yeah. we're just like yeah repeat and it's like but <laughs> then but then paint a lot of birth photography I find is um it's either very highly graphic and highly medical and like oh you know with a little blurred sensor thing on Instagram you click it and you're like good god mm-hmm. um or it's and again there's no wrong like you know, I'm glad these images exist. Very glad they exist, but I, I just feel like there hasn't, there, there's no leveling up with like aesthetic and like what, what where we can go with it. I think there's no like, juiciness and richness and artistry really in the actual cu- cu- creating and and the, and the craft of the images as such. It's all it feel. I mean, there is some. I know some people do it very well, but generally, it's like quite difficult to find, to find what it is I'm trying to make. And I guess that's why I want to make it. So yeah. Um. And I get, but then at the same time, I really want to just carve it, let it carve itself into its own little shape because I don't want to put too many too many parameters around what it needs to be. But um, yeah, I'm I know excited I'm excited for about it. it.
0: Yeah, I'm excited for you. <laughs> we I think we both said we're be... excited
1: about it at the same time. Yeah,
0: we're excited. <laughs> There's a lot of energy around it. How do you deal with self doubt, Mum? <laughs> creatively what can you not live without Pomeranians. how do you deal with the pressure to follow up after one project finishes
1: i don't really put myself under any pressure i mean i do but i uh i let it rest if it needs to it will come along you know
0: what does art enable you to do or creative work enable you to do that you wouldn't be able to do if you were working in another field
1: Freedom of time, massively freedom of time and travel, I think. Do you think photographs still have the power to shift thinking and consciousness? Yes.
0: What matters more to you, the process of making your work or the final image?
1: I grapple with that all the time. And I have said quite a few times after quite a few shoots now, even if the photos don't come out, I don't care because it was so gorgeous just making them, you know? But Generally, if it's been really gorgeous making them, it means that I won't sleep until I've seen them as the like, you know, the baby born from that time. You know, it was like Mm. it's like shooting, shooting the images is the sex and then the photographs is like the little perfect baby that poops out. (laughs) Um, But it's like, yeah, like a shoot I did for review, a beauty shoot where Steffi cooks in the, I call it the pukini. Uh, I made a clay bikini that looked like she was wearing and it was like made out of look, literally looked like shit and like clumps kept falling off and it was like <laughs> like hit the ground and I was like Stephanie please like hold it together <laughs> um but like that day of just like women and it was so hot and everyone was sweaty like deliriously hot and you know we we're having like ice lollies and deliveroos and it was like laugh it is like it was just such bliss and I was like, My God, I'm so glad this is what I do. And that for so compared to painting, any day I'll take photography because it's like the the collaborative like once you can get the collabor collaboration, the people in the room, like that balance right, the dynamics right, it is sheer heaven having like women that you so admire and respect and stylists that you so you know, you're they're your close friends and especially coming out of lockdown, that shoot was just especially just you know heavenly um and you know we just sort of scrapped all the fancy lighting setups and just let the sun beam in and like doused people in oil and water and just like you know and it was like very sensuous and just like um I don't know it was like this uh, it was very cathartic and and like like genre and like the the world didn't exist beyond that room you know it was just gorgeous and and uh And then, you know, when I was in Mexico and the one of the first portraits I did for this pregnancy and birth book, I was introduced to a a weightlifter who was eight and a half months pregnant. Um, And she was amazing. Big belly covered in tattoos, like very strong, very muscular. And her, her partner is a bodybuilder. And I went to their home and it was just like, we just, they were just completely naked and it was so baking hot and we were just covering her in water, keeping her cool as she was lifting huge weights above her head and her dog. All the dogs were like running around and one of the dogs, her partner lifted this huge weight above his head so his hands were out of action. One of the dogs came and just sniffed his dick and I was like, that's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and like those little tiny moments of, you know, spontaneity that you, you don't get them. if if you If you're so hyper-controlled and curated on a fashion shoot because you've got, I don't know, tens and tens and tens of thousands of pounds at stake and you know clients to impress and boxes to tick and to just not allow for those moments is just devastating for me and I'm hoping that now you know the industry is it seems to be waking up to the fact that people aren't dumb and they don't like to be sold the same boring aesthetic and like they like to be tested and they like to scroll through their endless millions of pictures and land on something that's a bit weird that they don't yeah. really get because it stimulates them beyond just another airbrushed e-seller on makeup advert or something so i'm really hoping that as like i'm i'm just here at the right time you know like i'm hoping that as as it goes on and progresses that i'm going to be ele- like made allowances to just have that trust for that spontaneity which hopefully will then create a nice balance between the two but no to answer your question I don't know I think I think it's one doesn't exist without the other you know it's like mm-hmm. it's like I enjoy the moment knowing that the photos are going to be fucking lush and then I enjoy the photos knowing that moment was fucking lush <laughs> <laughs> Love you it. know and it's like it yes. comes through it comes through yeah it does you know you can like, there's certain photo shoots where you're like that model was pissed off hungry yeah yeah she, that shoe was obviously eight times eight sizes too small and she probably just misses her dog back in copenhagen yeah you know you can tell <laughs> this is why hammerflower with me all the time and it's so like you can tell that shit and uh and people kind of slightly like that aesthetic it's very 90s but no not now
0: steph honestly it was such a pleasure to talk to you <laughs> god thank i'm you sorry so i really much. ran on a ramble on no so you were fantastic <laughs> thank you so much for coming on Thanks for listening to The Messy Truth. You can find more information about today's guests in the show notes. Theme music is changed by Judd Greenstein from the album Awake and design is by Ruby White. You can follow updates on the podcast on my Instagram at jemfletcher or subscribe to my newsletter at jemfletcher.com. Feel free to leave a review on Apple
1: Podcasts.